We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a big day. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. It's Friday, October 18th. 2019. Alex Garutha here. Next to me is Shannon McEwen, and on the line is Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and RotoWire.com. Feel free to leave a nice review. So, the synopsis of the show today: we're going to be talking preseason takeaways, general news, opening night DFS, stuff like that. But let's get right to it. Uh, Zion Williamson missing the last preseason game. Of, uh, of the preseason with right knee soreness. He is undergoing further testing. Uh, are either of you, I guess, are either of you concerned by this? Um, would this affect where you draft him? Like if you had a draft today and the news didn't come out, what, like what are your feelings on this whole situation? I haven't I'm... been able to get him anywhere anyway. Sure. So, yeah. so I guess I'm just not getting him earlier or later. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah, same, same boat for me. Um, he's going too early for me to land him anywhere yet. 
I do have three drafts next week, um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, it's possible, like if he's available in the third round, um, especially late third, um, I'll certainly consider him. Whereas, you know, it's very unlikely you'll get him at like 36, 37 or whatever in, in most drafts prior to this injury. But I, it doesn't it's not going to it's not going to make me just not draft him. Um, the preseason has been impressive. It's just the preseason. There's a great article on the ringer um, that talks about explains how Zion's having one of the best preseasons in history for a rookie in sure. particular. Um and I mean, it stacks up against all time greats. Uh, it's pretty absurd, actually. Um, if if he's out for an extended period of time, do you think there's someone who who you think benefits the most? Like, is this a Brandon Ingram situation? Like, would you would you you know value like if Zion's out two months, would you? Ooh, we, is it really yeah. is it really two months bad? I mean, to me, it seems I really smart and that they're. They're playing opening night in New Orleans, right? He doesn't need to really do any more preseason. He's already been dominant. So why make him fly to New York and back when he could get treatment for it? Yeah, Ken, I would say odds are it's just totally precautionary and there's no serious injury here. Um, But we don't know. I mean, there are no details basically on it yet. Isn't that correct, Alex? Correct. So um, I I would say Ingram, yes, it, it would be one of big benefactors and then Derek favors because we've already seen the Pelicans roll out Zion at center lineups uh, for, for short stretches during the preseason. Um, and I think they're going to do it uh, during the regular season as well. So favors and Ingram is really where I would put my money. Speaking of another rookie, Kobe white had a great game yesterday. One of the five preseason games uh, came off the bench to score 29 points. Uh, that came on the back of 10 or 14 shooting, including six threes, six boards, but no assists. Uh, he has been very short on assists this season. Uh, I mean, Ken, is Kobe walking into your draft radar? Is there a concern that he's not getting any assists, but that he might just be a scorer? This this kind of <laughs> seems like Colin Sexton territory. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize till last night's explosion, he's 6'5". I, I guess I thought he was shorter at, at, at Carolina. You play plenty of wing, plenty of shooting guard. It's not like they're loaded with talent on that squad. Uh, I think just gets him a lot more minutes. Sadoransky can move around. Yes, I definitely am putting White up a few notches, uh, especially if he's going to stay red hot from three. I'm not. And the difference, like the Sexton comp, the difference was Cleveland had no one to play above Sexton. Sure. Whereas the Bulls, Ken mentioned Sadoransky, Galavine, Otto Porter, you know, there that's your that's your one, two, three for the starting lineup. Uh, and then Chris Dunn is still coming off the bench. Uh, Denzel Valentine, before last season, he basically lost the entire season to injury last year. Before last season, Valentine actually showed some promise. I'm not saying he's a big part of that team moving forward or even the rotation this year, but he's still there. He's still there. Still there. You know, you Michigan got bias, Michigan State bias. I hate Michigan State. Um, <laughs> it's true. Uh, Thad he's, Young. He's just bench fodder. I think Kobe White just has the chance to be their big scorer off the bench. Thad Young is going to come in but do dirty work down low. I don't see anyone else on this bench. I don't know, giving them points. 
I, I actually think the Bulls are sneaky deep. Um, sure. I think they're they're a, a shoe-in for their over this year. I think they're going to get – they are going to go – they're going to impress. I think they're going to surprise, I should say. Um, I like Kobe White. Uh, you know, a, before they signed Sadoransky, Kobe White was like one of my yeah. – he was my fourth favorite rookie to draft. Right. But, you know, I just – think Sadoransky's locked into the starting gig now. He's still got Chris Dunn on the roster. I'm not sold that he's going to be a big fantasy option this year. Deeper leagues only. For sure. Um, Chris Stapps Porzingis, he's back uh, after missing all of last year uh, with the ACL. Uh, last night, 18 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, he hit a three. That was only in 23 minutes. He's, he looks healthy. Uh, both him and Doncic dropped a double-double. Luka, uh, Luka Doncic with 15 points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists, uh, but nine turnovers. Uh, Porzingis in the preseason so far is averaging 48 and a half fantasy points per 36 minutes. Uh, I, I guess, I mean, how how high are you willing to draft Porzingis in, uh, you know, in, in whatever league is coming up for you, whether it be NFBKC? I, I, Nick Whalen took him, I think, at 35 in our NFPKC draft. Um, do you feel confident in his health and the pairing and the fact that he, there are possible rest days on the horizon? I, I'm all over Porzingis. I was all over him before I even saw anything in the preseason. Um, it seemed pretty evident at the time last year. There was hints, you know, oh, maybe he'll maybe he'll make a couple appearances before the season's over. Uh, that, that was rumored. You know, there are whispers of it last year. So, the health really, I don't think is an issue. I think he's been healthy enough to play for months and months now. Um, I I'm all over him. I think he's going to be a top 30 fancy player with upside to be a top, top 12 guy. Um, you know, his, his usage rates not going to be probably not going to be as high in New York as it was at his peak because Luca is in Dallas. Um, but as we've seen him and Luca have been working really well together. Um, I think it's going to be just a big year for Porzingis. Yeah, it looks healthy. I love that. Uh, I love that um, put back Jamie had at an odd angle over Montrezl. I just happy to see him looking healthy and playing. He could be. He could be basically like what we saw with Brick Lopez, where it's you know you've got a big guy who gets threes and blocks. Like Porzingis can do that, but he'll also score more than Lopez and he'll grab more rebounds than Lopez. Are you guys definitely drafting him over Lowry Markinen, Jaron Jackson, LaMarcus Aldridge? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I liked your point, though, as far as Luca went, uh, Alex, that you made on an older pod, that one thing that's a little worrisome on the Doncic side of things is, boy, he played with some terrible lineups and was padding stats a little at the end of the year. Um, sure. It's going to be very interesting to see, especially rebounds. How does Luca do? hopefully with a healthy Perzingis in there for 25, 30 minutes a game. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there, Ken. I actually agree. I think, I don't think there's going to be huge strides in Luca's overall production this year, just because the extra help that he has, he's still going to be great. Um, I still think he's going to be a top 25 fantasy player. I just don't think we're going to see a gigantic leap in year two, because I don't, I don't think his usage is necessarily going to go up. I think it might go down a little bit even. Ken, do you want to take us to Milwaukee? Uh, Robin Lopez, brother of Brooke Lopez, had a nice game, 14 points. He hit two threes. 
Uh, six boards, a steal, and a block in only 16 minutes. And it was just amusing that he outscored and out-rebounded his brother. Uh, I only point this out. just seems interesting that Lopez uh, could be a valuable bench guy for the Bucks and might in, eat into his brother's values. Both of them are not getting younger, uh, so probably good to sh- uh, share the load. But uh, interesting development in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lopez shooting threes could help his fantasy value a lot. Uh, he's averaging six three-point attempts per 36 minutes this preseason. You're referring, you're I, referring to Robin. Robin, sorry. Over, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I think that rate will come down, but he's also shooting 57% as a whole. He's a decent passer. Um, yeah. And I think, I think Lopez had a healthier year than is common for him last season played, I think 81 games, um, kind of a big body. I'm sure they would like to get, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Mike Budenholzer wants to get as many of those guys as much rest as possible considering it's almost a lock. The Bucks get to the, the Eastern conference finals and you want guys to be healthy for that. Michael Porter Jr. Uh, uh, put up five points, three rebounds, two assists, and 15 minutes off the bench. Torrey Craig got the start. Um, that small forward spot is kind of in flux, uh, although it seems like Will Barton's the one who has the safest role there. Where do you feel? Do you feel comfortable drafting Michael Porter Jr. as soon as you are in the like hundreds in your fantasy drafts or would you, are, are you waiting to like your absolute final pick to, to take the chance there? Uh, for me, it's probably right around 120. Um, I just feel like there's, there's very few options in the 120 to 150 range that have the type of upside that Porter Jr. does. Um, I don't expect a lot of early season production from him, uh, but I do think his role will grow throughout the year and there's a good chance by the end of the season, he could be the starting small forward. You know, I think a lot of folks probably look at the power forward depth chart and think that's the only place where he kind of slides in. Um, but his athleticism, his handle, everything else, just because he's tall doesn't mean he can't play small forward. Um, that actually might be his best fit at the NBA. So I, I like him to be able to take over that, that small forward starting role, by mid-season or so um, with Will Barton kind of doing that six-man that he's been so good at throughout his career. In my NFPKC draft, he did not get selected. That's uh, crazy to me. It's like 180 picks deep. Okay. 100, well, 192. Great. Then in that draft, yes, I will pick. And there are, I know there are folks that you picked in from like 11, you know, you're, I, I'm recalling some of your 11, 12, 13, 14th picks. I probably would have went with him over some of those guys. Sure. Um, so it, you know, I guess there's some risk to it. I think that it's going to be worth the investment. Um, especially if you're grabbing with your last pick. I I do think the absolutely late pick flyer. What the heck? It's crazy. He didn't go in your NFBKC draft, but I, I do think, Hey, the depth on that nugget team, it's like running backs for the bears or the Eagles. I mean, trying to, they're going to be so deep and the minutes are going to fluctuate that, that roster is going to drive people nuts. They're going to have an awesome regular season, and then we'll see how they handle uh, things in the playoffs. But uh, it's it's like a large running back committee, unfortunately. Right. I mean, outside of Jokic and Murray, the rotation on that team is is very cloudy. It's a rough team to try to target in drafts. In general, I think it's probably just a good stay away. Uh, our, our last guy of note here, Mario Hazonia. 
uh, who <laughs> may be a crucial bench piece for the Blazers this year. <laughs> Dropped 18, 5, and 6. Quick reminder, he's only 24 years old. Uh, per 36 minutes this preseason, uh, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Ken, is he on your radar for drafts? Why is it I can't quit Mario? I don't know. I sh- he should not be on my radar, and yet, uh, as you mentioned, they need some they need some bench help in Portland. Uh, but I I I added this to the notes more out of amusement. Probably should quit Mario. He kind of had every opportunity in New York, though he wouldn't be the first player the Knicks have uh, not utilized well. I don't know though. It probably should not be on the radar. My apologies. I c- I couldn't resist putting him on the notes. <clears throat> I, I think he could make his way towards, you know, 24 minute per game role on this team. Um, you know, I, I don't view Rodney Hood or Bazemore as locks to play 25, 26, 27 minutes. Um, they're both I mean, they both have more opportunity to do so than Hazonia right now. But Hazonia can also slide over to the four. Um, I think he's a better backup for than Anthony Tolliver, for instance. Um, or at least has more upside yeah. than Anthony Tolliver. Maybe he's not the good old reliable vet, you know, the 52 year old vet that Anthony Tolliver is. But I, I, you know, I have questions about white side fitting in. Um, so I could see a scenario where Colin slides to the five and you got Hosonia playing a lot of minutes at the four. Um, we'll see. I, I, I think it's worth a flyer in deeper leagues, uh, 10 and 12 team leagues. He's really not going to factor in though. Yeah, another guy that did not make the cut in my NFBKC draft, which is a little surprising. Um, quick note here, Ante Zizic is out for four weeks. It's a left foot issue. I don't think this does a lot for fantasy, uh, but uh, it could mean a couple minutes here or there extra for Larry Nance. Uh, can we had uh, seemingly out of nowhere uh, someone retire from the NBA yesterday? I don't know because you thought he was already retired or uh, just shocking timing on the news. Uh, a nice move. Luol Deng signed, I think, one of those silly one-day contracts so he could retire as a Chicago Bull. I had forgotten that he had played 10 seasons in Chicago before. Half a season in Cleveland, two in Miami, sort of two with the Lakers, and then one in Minnesota. Let's remember the two-time All-Star with the Bulls. He averaged 16 points, six boards, two-and-a-half assists, and a steal. Plus, was a key defensive stopper for Tibbs. And uh, not surprisingly, was first in minutes per game two straight seasons in a row, 2011 season and 2012 season. Anyway, adios, uh, farewell. Thank you for your efforts, Luol Deng. Luol Deng is still being paid $5 million by the Lakers this year, next year, (laughs) and the year after. So you're saying we shouldn't have much sympathy for Mr. Deng? He had a great career. I yeah, mean, there's no good. sympathy. It's just great. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Very, yeah, very good. Very good with the Bulls. Um, he, the Lakers signing him is one of the oddest it's things Kupchak, ever happened. Right? Yeah, Cupcheck signed him, and, and uh, there was some other bad Timothy Mozgov. Uh, oh, Mozgov, yeah. right? And there was a third. There was a third Ooh. one too. But there are just like a trio of horrible signings that made no sense. The you know, two minutes after the ink dried. Um, well, but Dang he was the classic. Dang was the classic like running back that had too many carries. You know, like right. Tibbs ran him into the ground, and to think he'd have much left, uh, asking too much. Uh, looking this up, uh, Luol Dang had his best fantasy season was ranked 45, which is very nice. Um, had a lot of good stretch 
um, in the early like, 2010s, where he's basically a top 70 player the entire time. Fantasy basketball fans, the NBA regular season has almost arrived. It's on Tuesday. Uh, we get Pelicans, Raptors, Lakers, Clippers. We're going to talk about that later. But FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball, no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Shannon, what have you been up to on FanDuel lately? You know, I've been on the road the last uh, handful right. of days, and I was in two of the few states that do not allow you to play DFS. So anyone who lives in Oregon or Nevada, I, I feel your pain. Um, there is nothing worse than not being able to enter my enter my DFS lineups. But I have a lineup in for tonight, preseason. It's okay. going to do well. And then the opening night slate is going to be great as well. I agree. Uh, on FanDuel, you can play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month membership to Rotowire with your first deposit on FanDuel. Uh, with that, you get DFS lineup optimizers, premium articles, draft software, and much more. Um, and that's that's season-long, that's daily, that's all sports. So a really great offer there. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. New FanDuel registrants only. Restrictions to apply. See FanDuel.com slash RW for details. Okay, so we're going to jump into a couple broad topics. Uh, Preseason takeaways. Uh, And then also, Ken, you just had a NFBKC draft recently. You want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah, we can start there. I wasn't sure where we were starting, actually. Uh, Yeah, fun draft. A little worried about the percentages of my squad. Uh, I thought maybe it'd be helpful to debate the either good or bad moves I made in the first three rounds. So first round, I had the eighth pick, and that meant really deciding between Bradley Beal or LeBron James. Gentlemen, how would the two of you gone there? I would have went Beal all day long, as you did. Uh, I think that's the right call. I think Beal's a top seven pick this year. Um, I believe that the extension that he just signed, what was it, yesterday or or the day before, um, reinforces that fact. You know, one of the reasons why you would he would be a risky top 10 pick is because you thought maybe he gets traded midseason. And if he gets traded to a contender that's loaded up with other stars, then he's more, uh, you know, a complimentary player, uh, doesn't put the monster stats up that he did last season. Um, but now he's locked in. I mean, he's committed to the to the Wizards long term. Um, you know, as we he's played, he's played 82 games in back to back seasons. The Wizards were atrocious last year and he still played 37 minutes per game. If he's healthy, I think he's out there playing almost every night. He's playing 35, 36 minutes a game. I'm not worried about that. You know, as long as he stays healthy, I believe he is a lock for a top 10 player this season. Now, it's a, uh, it's a tough choice to make, but I agree. I think I would have to go Bradley Beal. Uh, he has, like, I mean, the potential for him to have, like, an Allen Iverson season where he plays, like, too many minutes and just from top to bottom is just has one of the highest usage rates in the league. Um, I don't, I, I mean, Last year, he averaged, you know, 20 for the whole season, 25, five and five. But that could get bumped up. I mean, he could average 30 points a game this year. It wouldn't shock me. He's going to average. I think he's going to average career highs across the board for sure. Like maybe not in steals, 
Yeah, one point five was a solid last year. Maybe he'll he'll uh, take take some plays off on the defensive <laughs> end this season. Um, but like assists, I think that's going to go up. He could average th- their lack of point guards on, on that sure. team. He could average seven assists per game, easy. I agree. Ball will be in his hands a lot. All right, second round. Second round, I screwed up basically, or I should say, it took me so <laughs> long to make a decision, and then when I finally made a decision, it was one second too late. And it went with my cue and not with who I selected. I had the 17th pick in the second round. Uh, As you guys pointed out, it's a uh, reverse snake, meaning the second and third rounds are in reverse order. Uh, So at the 17th pick, I had to decide between Russell Westbrook or Luka Doncic. I went with Doncic, but a second too late and wound up with Westbrook. And uh, the next day, I'm listening to the Woj podcast where Doris Burke is explaining. I love Doris Burke. I don't know how Westbrook is going to, you know, catch and shoot threes from Harden. I'm I'm really worried about his stats, and I'm just slapping myself in the face. But what would you two have done there in the second round? I don't know if I like either of those guys in that specific spot. I think I I would prefer Luka, but... I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you should be worried too much about Westbrook. I mean, we saw over the past few seasons with Chris Paul that the minutes are going to get staggered so much, um, and maybe it'll take a bit for Westbrook to adjust to a new offense, so he might get off to a slow start. I wouldn't beat yourself up too much over this one. But what do you think, Shannon? Yeah, I mean, essentially for Westbrook, you just need his percentages to bounce back. His his counting stats are still going to be there. Um, yeah, of course they're going to be down from what they were. Uh, when he was posting 30, 10, and 10, but he he's going to have great stats. Uh, it's the percentages that I worry about. So here are the other guys. You went with Russell, Luca went next. Then you had Kyrie, Kemba Walker, Paul George, Donovan Mitchell, Siakam, Vucevic, Ben Simmons. I think out of that entire group, you know, it would have been great if Trey Young or Jimmy Butler fell to you. I think either one or even Kawhi, you know, any of those three probably would have been a no-brainer. Um, but between Russell and Luca, or any of the other options that went after those two, I actually I like Luca. I like Luca as high as like like I've mentioned it on this podcast. If I have the turn in my NFBKC, I might go. There's a good chance I would go Trey and Luca. Um, it it just depends. It depends on who's available. I like Jimmy Butler a lot in that spot as well. Um, but I would I would have sided with Luca. I don't think you're gonna necessarily regret picking Russ though. And then in the third round, uh, kind of felt like my decision was between uh, it was the 29th pick, and I felt like my decision was John Collins or De'Aaron Fox. Uh, my lineup was already my roster was already guard heavy with uh, Beal and Westbrook, and I've been burned with some bad forward situations, other drafts. So I went Collins. Collins also in NFBKC qualifies at center. Uh, thoughts on Collins versus Fox? Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I got, I grabbed John Collins in my draft. Um, I don't think it, it was not over Darren Fox. That that's a tough call. Um, but I do, it's something I mentioned yesterday on the podcast was I think the dual eligibility for players is really valuable in NFBKC and just in general. Uh, and the fact that you can play Collins at two positions, it makes your start sit decisions easier. It makes your waiver wire easier, uh, everything like that. So I think, from that perspective, it's probably close to a toss-up. Um, I think Fox probably has the higher ceiling 
but I, I think it's it's almost negligible in my opinion. So a couple other players you had you had uh, D'Angelo Russell went right before Collins, then you had Collins, Fox, Rudy Gobert, Zion, Miles Turner, Bam, Draymond Green. Um, <clears throat> I like Col- I like the Collins pick there. I think uh, a lot of folks might have went Rudy Gobert instead or Zion. Um, I like Collins over Fox though. Um, Collins only played 30 minutes per game last year. That is going to go up. I mean, in 30 minutes per, he was basically 20 and 10 and he only averaged 0.6 blocks. But as we saw in his rookie year, like he's more than capable of swatting shots. He was at 1.1 blocks as a rookie. Um, he was expected to do better than what he showed last year. I, I, I would expect defensive improvement from this season. So if he's playing 32, 33 minutes game, giving you 22, 11, over one block, good percentages. He was 56% from the floor last year, 76% from the line. I mean, I, I absolutely love John Collins. And and honestly, getting him with the 29th pick, I think that's perfect. I, I, I view him as a lock for a top 30 player this year. All right, guys. So, uh, Alex, did you say your NFBKC draft is still coming up? No, uh, it happened on Wednesday. Uh, I, I ended up in the same one as Nick and we talked about it yesterday on the pod and there's an article up on the site. Uh, so anyone who is interested can read that article or go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. There was plenty of discussion about Nick's team, my team, uh, everything like that. It's good. It's good that Ken only limited his discussion to the top three picks cause it got ugly after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll um, see. We'll see who wins our old fashioned lunch in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, amongst the four of us. Absolutely. And and as a reminder, my NFBKC draft is on Sunday night. That's the 20th of October at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, please join. Play against me. It's easy money. Um, I, hope you, uh, I hope you improve on last year's Kevin Love roster. I will own Kevin Love again this year. I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee it. Guarantee I think you it. still about like 70. Is this the wager you still owe Alex and I a lunch from from last year? Was I, or was I, I, I have no idea. I, keep track. I have no idea. It's, I mean, I win so many bets that you'd think I'd remember the few that I lose, but, um, all right, Shannon, let's you, move You on. had some points you wanted to make about the Knicks and the Raptors. Where do you want yeah, to start? Just, yeah. Just some general preseason takeaways kind of as the, as that portion of the season's wrapping up, we're almost to real play, but I think there are a few interesting tidbits with, uh, I'm actually going to start with Thomas Bryant. Okay. I, Talked about Thomas Bryant being a bust, I think, last week. I've done a 180 there. All right. Um, now, let's Welcome. see. I want to see where he went in uh, Ken's NFBKC draft. He went, went 40, early. He went He went 47. Okay. I'm not. He went 43 in mine. Okay. 43 might be. It's a little steep. That's probably a little bit too early because, like, you had uh, Blake in Ken's draft. Blake Griffin, Kyle yeah. Lowry were still there. Chris Paul. Um, 43, Brooke Lopez and Clint Capella both went after Bryant, uh, in my draft. Lori Markinen, Markinen went after, I don't think I, I would pick Markinen and, and Capella before Thomas Bryant, but I have turned the corner. I no longer think he's a bust. For sure. Um, and one of the main reasons uh, there's a couple, one, uh, Fred Katz, he covers the wizards. He's a former former rotowire. Yep. Former Rotowire guy, he, but he he is connected to the pulse of this in. team, and you know I've I've seen some of his tweets about Thomas Bryant, how the teams 
dedicated to feeding him the ball this season, that he's basically going to be the number two option behind Beal on offense. So I'm I'm in now. I'm buying it. I again, I wouldn't pick him over Laurie Markkinen or Capella, but in the 50 to 60 range, I like him quite a bit now. Uh, the second reason is he's hitting three pointers. He hit about half a three pointer per game on under two attempts per game last season. Um, but he just went four for eight from downtown a couple nights ago. Um, on the on the preseason, he's hitting it at a 39 percent clip. So if he's hitting one, one and a half, three pointers per game. That just that that increases his value exponentially. I just guys, I hate to I hate to interrupt, but there's some breaking news from Woj right now uh, regarding Zion. Uh, I'll read what we posted, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, what Woj is reporting is that due to the knee injury, uh, he's expected to miss a period of weeks to start the regular season. So that's going to be what uh, nine, maybe twelve games. Ooh, I shouldn't. Uh, you were right, Alex. I talked way too early. It just it just seemed like there was a weird there was a weird cloud hanging over the injury report. Obviously, I didn't have any inside information. But yeah, I mean, I think you can still I, I wouldn't be too worried about this. I mean, hopefully this isn't like a recurring thing for Zion. Um, but I mean, I guess the question that I asked at the top of the show now, we can have some we can have some facts behind it. Where bump, do you where do you draft Zion now? That bumps him outside of the top forty for me. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean it's just you know there there's questions even if he only missed ten or twelve games, uh, that doesn't mean he's locked to play seventy games the rest of the year because right, Paul George goes like twenty five or thirty in drafts. Again, he's going to yeah. miss ten to fifteen games. Yeah. So if Zion's going to miss ten to fifteen, almost guaranteed. Then I I just I would have a tough time dropping him or drafting him top forty. Um, you know, how even about, top 50, even top 50. This? Does this make Jaleel Okafor relevant, right? Do you slide favor, favors over to power forward and Okafor is now your starting center? No, absolutely not. I don't think there's any way that happens. We saw we saw in Utah that favors is meant to be a center. Um, you're, I think you're going to see Ingram play a little bit of the four. Um, what's what's the foreign or guy? Melly? Yeah, Nicola Melly. Nicola Melly. That's a guy. Um He's a he's a really good shooter. He's pretty his foot speed not so great. His shooting very good. It's it's actually funny if you look at Melly's uh, Euro hoop stats, they're not impressive at all. Sure. Like yeah, he's supposed to be a shooter, but it doesn't look like he can really do much. So maybe maybe he's that guy that is yeah, like a, I, a poor man's NBA Ryan defense. Anderson. Yeah, the the NBA defense. I don't know if we're gonna see that from Mr. Melly. I I. Poor man's Robert, poor man's Ryan Anderson. That is, I think, the definition of damning with fake praise. I'm talking, I'm talking peak Ryan Anderson. Okay. Peak uh, Ryan Anderson. Most improved okay. player, Ryan yeah. Anderson. Yeah, I'm talking okay. poor man, peak Ryan Anderson. So just <laughs> normal Ryan Anderson, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. 28, though. No spring chicken. <laughs> yes, no, not at all. Uh, I think this helps Ingram, and I think this helps Derek Favors. And maybe yes. Reddick gets three to five extra minutes a game. But if we're talking guys who are generally being drafted, I mean, this might help Drew, Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball. I mean, everyone on this team should should benefit. I mean, Zion was, you know, in the preseason averaging 16 shot attempts per 36 minutes. So those guys, those have to go to somebody else. Um, yeah, I think I think the other Pelicans players probably get a bump of maybe like five spots, like rank wise. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, maybe Alexander, maybe they go small more often. Alexander Walker sees some more playing time. Um, you know, we don't, it, we have Jackson Hayes there. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready for playing time early in the season. Um, but that's another guy to consider. Like it could just, you know, he was a top 10 pick, right? Jackson, Jackson Hayes is a top 10 pick um, alongside Zion, but he really wasn't expected to do much this year, given that they have Zion, right. they have favors. They could bring him along slowly. I, I mean, I would be higher on him than Okafor. I don't expect Okafor to, Really, I think he's just an insurance policy for the team if all else fails. So, hey, yeah. let's let's jump back to Thomas Bryant, though. Okay. So you're you're already on board. You're moving him up based on the preseason that he's had. I was already prepared to draft him, like definitely top sixty. The yeah. thing is, I'm not going to get him because everyone drafts him top forty-five. Yeah, I'm, not, him in I'm the just 40s. not willing to pay that price. Yeah, I I don't I don't think I would grab him top forty-five still based on you, the. Give uh, me the boring old, players. give me boring old Clint Capella. Yeah. Ten picks yeah. later. I mean, Blake Griffin, Markinen, Capella, all going in that same range. Mm-hmm. I would pick all three of those guys over him. But Well, know, the Brian now, hype is all about like leagues where there's scarcity at center. So I feel like you always got to compare him to the other center options. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he is one of those guys that his percentages are good. Like he's a good free throw shooter. He can hit threes. He's gonna rebound. So that always that always helps too, and you can get centers that do that. So no, we're taking the I I am personally taking my bus label off of Thomas Thomas Bryant. I now endorse him with a pick in the 50 60 range. You apologize um, to everyone who listened to your advice the last 7 days. Yes. Yes, I do. Um two two teams that I just wanted to mention really quick, the New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors. Um I'll start with the Raptors actually is very easy. I just want to talk about their shooting guard spot specifically. You've got basically Van Fleet and uh, Norman Powell yep. who are up for it. Um, they've both played well this preseason. Yeah. Uh, Van Fleet started, what, like 40-some games with uh, Kyle Lowry last year. It's an extremely small backcourt when they go that route. Um, it seems like Van Fleet pr- probably has the edge on the starting gig. But as we saw with Nick Nurse last year, it's probably going to be based on on matchup. It'll be matchup based right, yeah. starting lineups. So you'll see both of them start. Um, I, you know, Van Fleet is probably, I, he's gone, I think, after pick 100 in almost all of my drafts. Ken, I think you got him for like a buck in the Staff Keeper League. I got him for a buck or two. I mean, yeah. the minutes just go up every year. 28 minutes a game last year, that's going to go up, uh, as it will for most Raptors with Kawhi gone. I just see a lot more shots, I see some cheap assists. I see uh, some cheap threes. Heck, he hit 1.8 a game last uh, year. So I yeah. love me some Fred, some FVV. Yeah, he's. I think he's a great cheap option in drafts and auctions. Uh, Powell is like one of your last two picks. Is sure. worth the dart. Um, you know, he's been around for a while. He, he's had uh, lots of chances to get. He has. He, but I think this is the. If you look at that team's depth chart, um, I think this is his best chance to have a sustained period of 27 28 plus minutes per game and actually get enough of the usage where he can make an impact because scoring is really his his number one thing that he can help with um new york knicks okay so everyone's everyone in the fantasy community is you know upset about mitchell robinson not starting a preseason game and they're worried that fizdale is going to blow everything up and Robinson's going to end up being a big bust if you picked him in the 
second or third round. If you picked him that high, you're you were already fooled to begin with. Um, but I would not, you know, I would I, you know, with the Knicks, Robinson's got some risk. Um, obviously, he's got tremendous block upside. Fizdale will do things, silly things. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, though, you know, you got to realize he's he's team investment wise. There's not a lot a lot that the Knicks have invested in him, right? They didn't pick him. He didn't, they didn't take him with a high pick. Um, Fizdale probably has the leeway to toy around with his minutes a little bit. The one guy who I will I will scream all day long. He is the safest player in the Knicks rotation. Is R.J. Barrett? He's the only one who, like, if Fizdale toys around with his minutes, Fizdale will be fired. <laughs> that is the team's future. That's all they have right now that they can really build on. It's him and Mitch Rob, and. and but Barrett, the team's just invested so much in Barrett. They need him to work out. I don't see how he doesn't play 30-plus, 32-plus minutes per per game this season. I'm not saying that makes him a great fantasy option. It's just that if you have worries about the Knicks rotation, the one guy that you don't have to worry about is Barrett. He's going to be a percentage risk, field goal percentage specifically. Um, but other than that, like I think in points leagues, I think he's going to be a really good player for, for anyone who grabs him in a – whatever range that he's going 90 to 110 or wherever it is. Yeah, definitely better points league option. Good dynasty option. Uh, I feel pretty safe about Julius Randall as well in that. Rotation. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Sure. I, that, that goes without saying I should have mentioned him as well. Sure. It's hard to know where to start with, with preseason takeaways, but I, I'll go down the list of guys who are averaging the most fantasy points per 36 minutes. Starts off very normal. Uh, Giannis with 80. Uh, Harden with 69, Curry with 68, and then, of course, Kylo Quinn with 61 fantasy points per 36 minutes. Um, I think th- this is interesting to me because I, Shannon and I were kind of talking before the podcast, and obviously, like, the top five is, you know, you, theoretically, you can draft it in any order, but I feel like people are kind of throwing away the idea that Giannis can get significantly better this year. Um, like I, I feel like people have just completely put that off the table. Like, oh yeah, he won MVP. Like he's really good. Like, yeah, maybe he'll be a, become a better three point shooter. But I feel like the people there's, I I feel like there is as people who watch the Bucks a lot, there's clearly room for Giannis to improve, which seems weird to say, but he can improve as a passer. Um, he's already a good defender, stuff like that. Um, so I this preseason has been really encouraging, even though he's only played 70 minutes compared to Harden's 139, which is a, a much better sample size. We'll we'll go to opening night DFS then. I'll start with you, Ken. Is there anybody you're you're you definitely have your eye on? Does the Zion news make you reconsider anything? <laughs> oh, actually, uh, maybe. But uh, I'm thinking actually the center spot and going cheap. I think uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard are going to be the same person all season long. But it wouldn't shock me at all to see Howard have a great opening night and then tank the rest of the season as he gets pouty in his usual despondent odd self. But uh, at 5,100, Dwight Howard is just so cheap, uh, and he's such an odd character. I can see him having a great opening night before it all goes to heck. I'm going to be changing stuff up. I had Zion in my opening night lineup. I'm going to be all over favors in Ingram now. Um, I actually am going to probably have a good... Probably I'll have four Pelicans in my lineup. I know that because I think I like Lonzo Ball as well. I'll have to see if I can figure uh, figure out a way to work in um, Drew Holiday. My big ticket guy is I'm going to go Anthony Davis. Um, 
I just I think he's going to have a monster debut uh, for the Lakers. You can still work in guys like Siakam, um, Favors, Ingram, Lonzo by going with some cheap options like Norman Powell, Fred Van Fleet, Landry Shamit. There are, there are cheap options that you can work in there. There are cheap options. Um, with Zion being out, I think that the, um, the amount of people who will be playing Anthony Davis, Serge Ibaka at power forward, the exposure on the ownership percentages on those two are going to be off the charts because the next guy up is like Jim Michael Green. And um, so I, I wrote about that in my, in my piece. I think the only, there's only three power forwards that you can realistically roster. So this this mm-hmm. will mess things up a little bit. Go with yes, Nelly. by all means, by all means, folks, please go see Alex's article on Rotowire. Some excellent work there. And that will be updated by opening night with the Zion news. Um, <laughs> not that it will be changed a ton because I already kind of covered like, you know, what happens if you don't play him. Let's close out with our outro quote for today's quote. Let's go to Boston for Hall of Famer and 10 time champion Sam Jones, who would whisper the following to defenders who were trying to jump out to guard his magical 17-foot bank <laughs> shot, he would whisper to the defenders, quote, too late, end quote. Attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Baby!